Hi, Doug. Hi, Karen. Happy end of May. Happy early Memorial Day. How's it going? Oh, it's going, baby. How are you? It goes. It is. It goes and goes. I can't believe summer's here. I know. It really is. I don't know what your weather is like specifically, but we went straight from like 55 degrees to a like 90 degree heat wave over the weekend. So um, I wouldn't call it a heat wave. Spring has sprung into summer. Yeah, I wouldn't call it a heat wave. I mean, it was very, it was definitely, it was like almost 90 degrees here, but it wasn't like that icky humid. So I was actually like, I was so happy. Like, it's like, this was like, like, it wasn't humid. It was 90. It was so toasty. It was like, you go outside and you're just like, you know, I'm not like, I need to wear a sweater. Like, no, it's great. Like, oh, no, there were no sweaters to be had. It was perfect. And so anyway, yeah, apparently, okay, so there was a brawl at Matown Beach. Um, you? Yeah, involving, I don't even know, it was like, supposedly involving something like 400 people. No um, way. Yeah, which kind of sounds like, it's. I think that might have been an exaggeration because only eight people were arrested. Um, but I mean, that's they, like, there were 400 people there watching and cheering. Probably watching whatever. whatever was going on. And so they had to call in, um, to my police department, and then they had to call in like the EPA police, the state police. And then the cops from the two neighboring towns, because like they they needed like all of these cops here to like control the madness that was on the beach on Sunday afternoon. Wow, wow, summer's here. Summer's here. I was telling Anthony about it. He's like, we live in the hood. I'm like, I know, but we really don't. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> but so it was just like that's actually why it was like really surprising. Where I was like, oh my god, there was a brawl at our town beach, but. The, none of the beaches are officially open yet, so usually with the town, the town beach, um, you have to you have to pay to park, um, and the close lots um, are actually for residents only. So only residents can get parking passes for that, and and it is parking pass only. You can't like pay by the day, um, and then and then so not only do you pay for park, you also have to pay to get on the beach, which is. Yeah, which is super weird in the state because, like, I know in New Jersey, like, that's a thing. Like, you pay to get on the beach. Um, but here, the, st- uh, the state of Rhode Island, it's, like, in the law that beach access is free. Um, and so how do they get away with it? Because it's a town beach, it's not a town. state beach. So the town can do what they want on their beach. But state beaches and the shoreline is actually open access. And um, and that's actually a bone of contention now, too, because it used to be up to the um, high tide mark. So, like, if you have, like, a house on the beach, like, there is um, there's a beach. There's a beach near the uh, near the docks, like the fishing docks. Um, and you can actually, like, walk from the beach to, like, onto, like, a different beach that's, like, private property. Like, there are big, fancy houses um, and it's on the Atlantic. It's like right on the on the Atlantic Ocean. And there are like these big fancy houses. And so like every year, one of the wealthy people like gets a bee in their bonnet because, you know, some plebeian has like stepped over the high tide line onto their property. Um, mm. You know, so there's always like a big stink about be- beach access. And I guess like the past couple of years, it's gotten really bad. And now they're trying to expand it so that it's 10 feet past high water mark the high tide mark um, that people can like, you know, be on the beach. And so that's creating a whole lot of, um, you know, shit. Anyway. um, Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to do some transition like, well, from beaches to bitches, here we are on the block, but like, 
<laughs> you don't really have any bitches. At least, well, maybe the men. I don't know. Yeah, but it's not, it's not really applicable. But I have a very bold statement to make uh, about this episode. Season okay. 6, Episode 7, Secrets and Wives. Yeah. Uh, if you're ready for it, I'm ready to make right. this statement. I hated this episode. Really? And I just, I just sort of hate where we are. And Alyssa felt this way, too. And Alyssa has said, like, she's more of an apologist, especially for these episodes, than I have been. Because I'm like, ugh, this show is really kind of slumming it now. But even she was like, this episode was so just ridiculous. Not in, like, an outlandish way, just in, like, a really who cares in the end sort of way. Yeah, that was sort of like, like, I watched it and I was like, there were moments that amused me. Um, but for the most part, yeah, it was just kind of like a big giant shrug. I watched it. I got through it. Yeah. And I yeah. went to bed, you know, like, th- like there wasn't, there just wasn't anything. There wasn't, there was no Sid. There, there was, there was nothing wacky going on and it was just really stupid. Um, I think we need to talk about the, Peter's stairs. Ooh, okay. Um, yeah, do you want to start there? Because for once, I thought we could maybe start with the Kyle-Amanda shenanigans. Yeah, let's do that. But when we get to Peter's We'll stairs, get back to Peter and his stairs. Put, yeah, remind me. Put to a, a pin in that, listeners. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Uh, Kyle, at the end of last week, last episode, um. I guess Amanda had told Eric, who's now living out in L.A., that, um, like, Kyle's Boston restaurant had been bought out. So Kyle is very suspicious, and he asked Amanda, why did you tell Eric that? And she's like, well, look, we work together, and I didn't, and we have a good relationship. I didn't think there was a problem with him knowing. And Kyle's spidey sense is tingling, and, and he somehow feels that Eric was involved with the buyout. And then it turns out that it's not just happening to the Boston restaurant, but the one we see out in L.A. Um, They are now month-to-month renters on this property as well. Uh, And so they want to go see the landlord uh, from whom they rent the the Kyle's and Upstairs restaurant space to. Um, And Taylor did some digging, and she, like, went to pay the rent. So she's going to see the landlord meeting with the, the other owner guy the management guy, I guess, um, at this restaurant, which looks like the exact same restaurant that we've seen for the last five and a half years. Yeah, that's the uh, one every time Every time they have to go someplace. Whenever there, anyone is on a date or a business dinner. Yeah, this is the restaurant. <laughs> um, and Taylor's like, well, I'll come along too. And Kyle's like, no, you don't need to do that. Stay here. And she then throws in, don't forget, last time's miscarriage. She goes, you know, it'll take my mind off the miscarriage, Kyle. It'll be good for me. So... Okay, fine. We see Eric at Amanda Woodward Advertising, which I'm going to call AWA, which I think is fewer syllables. I think it's short. <laughs> um, it's still, it doesn't have the same ring as D&D, but at least feels less tripping on the top. Uh, and Megan approaches Eric and says that she wants him to hire her because she has given her notice at Burns Mancini. And and he's like, okay, great. Uh, I'll see if I can find uh, an executive assistant or a receptionist role for you. I think he says exec assistant. And, and she's like, no, I want to learn directly from you how to be an executive. Well, those roles don't exist. Like, 
Like, you're not shadowing him for pay. That's not how it works. You don't just, like, follow him and see, like, ooh, this is how you get to be an executive. That shit happens over time from you, like, you know, showing up and doing your own job well and being good and creating good relationships and making sure people notice. Like, that happens over time. (laughs) But Eric's like, sure. (laughs) And then um, he sees, they're in the conference room at AWA. See? I used it. Uh, and he sees Amanda, like, coming around the corner through the, the window of the conference room. And then he pulls Megan into a kiss, just as Amanda's going to open the door into the conference room so Amanda can see. And Megan is, like, kind of thrown. And Amanda is actually, like, kind of pleased to see this. She's like, yes, good for him, good for them. Um, yeah, and the Amanda other, approves. Amanda approves which is, like, not the last Office PDA we're even going to mention in this episode. Um, and and I wrote a note down here, though it, it's applicable for any of the scenes that Jeffrey Nordling is in. Uh, I wrote, Baines, Eric, should be the show's lead, because I feel like he is the most interesting, most charismatic, best actor we've got on our docket in these episodes. Um, so we're back, we're at that restaurant now, where Kyle and Taylor are meeting up when the landlord comes. And by the way, the management company is called Upper West Holding Company, which I live on the Upper West of Manhattan, so I feel a kindred spirit to this guy, who we've not even met. Um, but then Kyle sees Amanda show up, because she's going to be part of this planned dinner and he's like oh oh no we have to sneak out of here i don't want amanda to know i'm here uh so then kyle and taylor do they like there's a i guess like a back exit from the outdoor seating area which is i guess designed for people to dine and dash from i don't i don't know but basically kyle and taylor leave and even though it's a quiet exit they're completely in amanda's line of sight so she sees them But before she could run after them or shout or say anything, uh, Eric and Megan shows up, show up for the dinner. And then Eric excuses himself and goes to his colleague at the bar. And that person is indeed Kyle and Taylor's landlord. So Eric is indeed this enigmatic um, uh, management holder, Upper West holding company guy. Um, And he is indeed out to ruin Kyle. And he is the one who has been buying out all the restaurants. Indeed. Yeah. And so poor Kyle went through all of this and got and got caught basically by Amanda uh-huh. mm-hmm. and did not even get his proof. That's right. I hope dinner was good. Yeah. Well, they didn't even I, get to finish it. But they had something, right? Or was it just, did we just see them drinking wine? I don't remember. No, no. Because remember, Taylor was like, try the shrimp. It's delicious. <laughs> Oh, yeah, because I think we made some comments about how, like, on The Housewives, all they ever order, all they ever eat is shrimp. Because yeah. it can be, like, good and, like, still healthy. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it was really funny because she was, like, dangling this shrimp, going, try the shrimp, it's delicious. <laughs> and now I'm hungry for shrimp. I know. I love shrimp. I know, so do I. Okay, so, and meanwhile, later that night, um... Kyle comes home and Amanda, I guess he had gone back to work because he was still out pretty late. Amanda had her dinner, came home, and he still wasn't home. So she doesn't tell Kyle that she saw him, and and she's distant. And I think she was kind of waiting for him to 
admit, you know what I mean? Yeah, she was I like, so. hey, you were out late. Anything happened tonight? And he's like, no, just the huge, you know? And and she was like, oh. And then she like she's rolled like, over. Oh, so you're lying to me. Yeah, yeah. And so she doesn't let on that she saw him, but I think she was like giving him the benefit of the doubt that he would come and like explain himself. Um, but he did not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this is where things went from mediocre to terrible for me because I was so excited because we had gone through at least half an episode and there'd been no Billy and Sam. I thought the same thing. I was, and it was so funny because at the point right before they showed up, I was like, oh, well, at least we won't have Billy and Sam. Right? Because I'm like, okay, if you've not been in the cold open, the first commercial segment, the second commercial segment, I guess you're just not in this episode. I was No, like, but they really scared. just get like, like get like one and a half scenes. And so then we're here and it's, however stupid you think this scene is going to be, it's worse. Um, so Sam, you know, has bluffed her way into being AWA's graphic designer, even though all she's really ever known how to do in life is paint, but whatever. So, so I guess one of their fake clients is cheese snacks, again, making me hungry. Um, and, and so she's like doctored up a poster and she brings it into his office and it's big. It's like, you know, six by eight, whatever, enough to almost obscure people in an office. Um, so she's in the office and she, by the way, is wearing like a belly shirt. She's got like one button buttoned and the rest is like completely exposing her torso. Um, and she's talking to Billy and Billy then shifts uh, the subject from work to them and he presents her a ring. So they're like even more officially engaged. Um, and I wrote a note down here, which is they suck. Sorry, that's not plot. That's just facts. Um, oh, I wrote another note after that. I wrote... They lift out even more than Jake and Allison did last year. Uh, yeah, I think so, too. I agreed with myself there. I still think so. <laughs> um, so then they start making out in the office. And guess what? Amanda knocks on the office door. So they do this scramble where, like, he, he like, tries to stall for a minute. And Sam, like, hides behind a desk, kind of, like, out of uh amanda's eye uh, line of sight um but she's just in her bra because billy saw her whatever kind of blouse and he's like holding it behind his back while amanda comes in and then she does the most un-amanda thing possible she asks billy for couples advice because she thinks kyle is sleeping with taylor like billy is you know a font of wisdom when it comes to relationships or knows anything about either kyle or taylor <laughs> And it's really just for the punchline that you can see a mile away where Amanda's like, thanks, Billy. I needed that. And as she leaves, she goes, hi, Sam, and gives her like a warning about like, you know, office PDA, which is like, did was there anyone who didn't think that like Amanda was going to turn out to know Sam was in there the whole time? But it doesn't really matter. And also, five seasons, ago, four seasons ago, that's when you have that kind of iconic scene where Jake and Amanda are dating and she goes, Jake, my office right now. And then they do it on the desk with like the guitar wailing behind them, which is like one of the scenes that really put vintage Melrose on the map. Like we don't have any iconic scenes here. Everything's just kind of like grasping and not reaching some sort of brass ring. But okay, so Billy has talked some sort of sense into Amanda who comes uh, with a picnic basket to see Kyle as an olive branch. 
And of course, when she comes to see him, he's in the office with Taylor. So so she like storms away and they start fighting and she admits that she did see him that night at the restaurant. Uh, and then Kyle kind of escalates things even more and says that he knows that Eric wants to destroy them. And then Amanda says, no, you're doing it to the two of us. All things have elements of truth here. But I don't know about you, right now, I'm at the point where I don't even care for like Amanda and Kyle to fight to hold on to something. They were so good and they were so patient about setting them up as a couple that like almost instantly now this season, their whole thing is like to tear them apart. Yep. We needed some time with a super couple for them to just be, to ease yep. into like them as a couple before we were worried about them in jeopardy or what do they have to fight for? So I'm kind of like, well, if this whole thing is already going to crumble, then like I'll set fire to the house of cards and like, let's just call it a day and, and move on. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel. You know, and they could have done more, you know, I mean, well, we don't know where they were going with this, but you know, it could have extended out the sort of, Taylor behavior Taylor could have pined mm-hmm, more mm-hmm. you know she could have she could have schemed more um I mean I completely agree I don't understand why they did such a wonderful job with these two um in the setup and now they're just completely like it's like now that they've just lost the plot with them like literally yeah yeah it's true yeah it's a disappointment it is it absolutely is um and so then there's a scene at Melrose Place where Amanda is talking to Megan about Eric and I think trying to really push her to him so that Eric does not exist in any way as a threat. Uh, and then later Amanda is, oh, you know what, did I? There's a scene with um, Megan coming to Eric that I think happens before Amanda goes to Eric, right? Um, no, I think it, yeah, it's before, yeah, no, 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 it's before, yeah, so Megan is there, and then I think Amanda goes after, I think. That's what I think, because the bigger payoff comes with the Amanda moment. Um, Assuming I'm right, order-wise, Megan comes to Eric, uh, and the reason I can't tell is because I was writing my notes with, like, the Megan stuff separately from the Amanda stuff, so the sequences aren't in order of chronologically scene for scene. Um, Megan comes to Eric and says that she won't sleep with him. And he surprises her by saying he wasn't actually interested in her. He didn't want that. So, of course, her next question is, are you gay? And he goes, no, look, I just want someone on my arm that I can take to events when I need to. And she's like, actually, okay with that. This part, actually, that part pissed me off. Uh, yeah, because the, because the the expectation is us in the audience are like, oh, good. This is all that it's going to be. So we don't have to worry about a thing with Eric and Megan. It's like, well, you do because Megan came so that Eric can build her up uh, professionally. And now he's like, no, you who I don't know how much he knows in full about her being a prostitute. But he's like, you're to be my arm candy now. I'm reducing you even further than if I wanted you to be in a relationship. You know what, though? That wasn't the only thing that bothered me, because the thing that bothered me the most was that when he said, no, I'm not interested in you in that way. And she was like, 
Are you gay? You're not? Are you gay? Yeah. You're not interested? Like, she seemed really bothered by that, even though like, she well, didn't want the relationship. Yeah. You know, and that really pissed me off because I really felt like with Megan, they actually were giving a female character some agency. <laughs> You know, and 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 sort of like there wasn't this sort of bombshell sex object thing yeah. going on with her. Um, and they just took that all away. You know, because she was like, you know, she because she was working yeah, really I mean, hard to be like, fruit. yeah, like she was working so hard to be like, you need to take me seriously. And then when he's like, OK, no, I don't want to sleep with you. I do want to take you seriously. She was like, but why not? Don't why don't what do you mean? You don't then want you know, yeah. you know, then you must be gay. Like, I was just like, oh, like it was just something that bothered me coming from that character. Because basically it's I don't want you to help me because you're attracted to me and then he goes i'm not attracted to you and she goes why aren't you attracted to me are you gay (laughs) and it was just really it was it was so stupid and i was like and i know that like we're talking about 25 years ago so the times were definitely different but like the scene in no way needed that line no it really didn't it did not it could have just been clarified i'm sorry sorry um, you know, if I gave off the wrong vibes, whatever, whatever, you're, we're fine together. You will be work. You're just working for me. And that would have been it. Yeah. I mean, he could have been that. like, no, like I see something in you and I want to help cultivate it. Something right. like that. Right. We didn't need all this other shit. Yeah. But also it's kind of a lie because this was the because other. Because he's using her as a pawn. Well, no, but it's not only that, but if you remember a couple episodes back when they met, because he sort of, like, stepped in while Michael was give, was hassling Megan at, at Kyle's mm. club, right? And when he stepped in to sort of, quote-unquote, save her, right, he did it because it looked like he had designs on her. Like, that was what we were led to believe. And there was no way that he was sort of, like, it didn't seem like he was stepping in, like, aha, this will make Amanda jealous. It was actually, like, he was like, oh, wait, I think she might be kind of attractive. You know, so there was actually this weird setup moving on there to move them towards, um, you know, a relationship. Mm -hmm. And now it seems like, once again, they're trying to they've decided that they need to change the plot midstream and they're just going to pretend that that never happened. Yeah. I agree about the idea that when he first steps up at the upstairs, it's like, well, he wouldn't know enough to think that like, Oh, this is part of the ploy. No, it seemed like he was here in LA and found someone new to maybe pursue. And that was right. 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 But I guess we got, I guess we just have to have thought by the end of the last episode, which is when he looks at Amanda, when he walks Megan home, he sees Amanda through the window when Kyle has gone to Taylor's that somehow he is just like kind of psychotic. Right. And he's kind of like our new version of Keith. Do you remember Allison's old boyfriend who turned abusive and then suicidal? Yeah. Yeah. That's like kind of where they're taking him here. Yeah, great. Uh, Indeed. And we see that soon because Amanda then goes to Eric and is talking to him about Kyle and really is like already resigned to the fact that things with Kyle are probably not just doomed, but over. Um, (laughs) And correct me if I misunderstood this, but Eric says, I always thought Kyle was beneath you. And Amanda agrees. Right. She doesn't defend him. She she's like, 
yeah, I, I'm starting to think so, too, or yeah. I think so, too, right? She does say that. Yeah, she does. Okay. Um, and then he finally pops the question, so to speak, and he asks about, well, maybe what if they had a relationship? Um, that maybe the timing was always off for one or the other, but what about the two of them? They could be good together, and he goes in for a kiss, and she, and he says that, I've loved you for a long time. And she goes, let me make it clear. I love you, but as a friend and only as a friend, and I still love Kyle. And I'm like, okay, but when you came over to his place to talk about how you were over your boyfriend, and when he said, your boyfriend's beneath you, you said, I agree, at least a few mixed signals. Like, maybe you don't, maybe you need to <laughs> think a little bit more about some of the messages you're sending here. <laughs> Eric is not your girlfriend. Eric is not, I mean, I know you don't have any, but. Um, and then she asks him point blank if he took the Boston restaurant and, and he says yes. Yeah. And so she's like, that's it. And then she walks out and there must have been a stunt person playing Amanda as she walks out the door because he throws the bottle of wine at her and it like, it misses her and hits the door in front of her by like millimeters. Yeah, it came really close to her head. Yeah. Yeah, it had to have been um, stunt double. And this is when he, like, finally loses it. Because he's like, of course there were strings, and he's going to make sure that she loses everything. And everything isn't just the business. It isn't just AWA. It's also Kyle. Which is like, okay. And, and the apartment like, building. Oh, yeah. yeah which which yeah. is like, that's actually a gift. <laughs> like, you should. Unload that apartment building with all those deadbeats. You know, Jake wasn't kidding when he called it a sinkhole last year. Um, so now, like, we have unleashed the demon, and let's see what hell he can really, his wrath can wreak. <laughs> so that's Amanda and all the people in her, in her universe. Now let's go to Peter and Peter's stairs. Um, we start with Peter and Lexi at the marina, uh, and someone knocks at his door, but but he and Lexi were just having a conversation outside about how early it is. It's 7 a.m. That's like, who's knocking on anyone's door that early without plans to come over? But it's Poop unannounced at 7 a.m. And he's there complaining about Lexi, who has hidden herself in the kitchen and is eavesdropping. And he's talking about how the lawyers got a hold of, of his books and, like, the real statements so his real financials which of course peter is the one who did yeah and he's like i don't know how they got a hold of these well yeah and so peter and michael are gonna testify in this court proceeding and peter's like i'll say whatever um and well coop remains concerned and so stay tuned for that um and okay so before we see coop again we have some michael and Michael has sort of pilfered Coop's idea for this cauterizing lug device. Uh, and they meet the scientist who's actually going to help turn, make this device come to fruition. Um, and did you recognize who it was by chance? Because this is the closest thing we have to like a celeb guest star. Yeah, I couldn't. Episode. I knew who he was, but I couldn't figure out. I couldn't figure out who it was. So his name is Willie Garson, better yes. known as Stanford Blanche Stanford. from uh, Sex and the City. Right, of course, of course, because I was like, oh my God, it's him, it's him. I yeah. couldn't remember who he was, yes. 
Um, and I need you to explain a little bit about what's going on with Jennifer here. So, so he <laughs> demonstrates the cauterization, um, but he demonstrates it on like a thing of raw meat yeah, on a, a plate. And, yeah. So like, how long has this steak been sitting here? Who got it? Where did it come from that it's still like fresh? I don't know. I had some questions there. And I mean, practically speaking, he probably should have done it on pig. Because whenever, okay, because forensically, when when they do things with like body decomposition and stuff like that, they always use um, pigs because pig skin is the closest to replicates human. Replicates human. You you make an excellent point there. Yeah. yeah. So in actuality, they should have used pork, not a steak. But anyway. Very good point, scientist Karen. Yes. Um. Uh, but meanwhile, Craig holds off on unpaying the guy. Um, and no, he hands him a check. Well, doesn't he hold off until Michael like has to talk him into doing it? But he get he he gets the check. He get, but at the end of the scene, he at gets it. Scene, but Craig yeah. holds off. Right? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're they're kind of arguing about it because yeah. well, they're really arguing because um, Michael wants to now unload this this thing on 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 a pharmaceutical company or something like he he doesn't want to yeah, make yeah yeah he just wants to get paid for it now he wants the patent and he wants the money and then he wants someone else to to deal with it and for it to be successful because of them that he can reap the benefit of yeah right 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 but yes but craig wants to make it a business and he wants to i guess make the prototype like, well they've made the prototype but like you know actually make it and sell it and I, I'm not the words aren't coming to me um, but Craig wants this as a business he doesn't want to just unload this and make some money he wants like I guess a legacy he wants something to do which I don't know to me I was like unload the fucking thing like Michael's right yeah I mean like if you can get away with it then then do it and wash your hands of the rest yeah yeah like Michael's totally right like sell that sucker make it sell it and get out um, yes. And I think we can talk about this for the rest of the time before we return to Coop and Peter. Um, I don't think that anything else necessarily loops back in. So we see Craig and Jennifer dancing at the upstairs after this, talking about the deal. And I'm not really sure what comes of this to precipitate what Jennifer does next. Oh, yeah. You know what? It took me a minute to figure it out. But like, basically, Craig is saying to her, you need to figure out a way to convince, like, he said, you need to figure out a way to convince Michael to not sell this patent to the pharmaceutical companies and keep it with us so that I can have this company and I can make this thing. And so, so, so her way of convincing Michael to not sell it is to make it so that he can't sell it. Is that yes. it? Got yes. It. Okay. Yes. So she shows up to Willie Garson's lab, I guess, and basically, you know, because of course when they meet in the scene prior, you know, he's sort of like his eyes bug out of his head. Yeah, the like the bumbling nerdy scientist. Yeah, yeah. bumbling nerdy scientist, like well, flirting with the woman. Girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so so she shows up and kind of is trying to kind of seduce him. Yeah. Uh, in a way, yeah. and sort of like, show me your prototypes. And so he starts like showing her all the different prototypes. And he's like, well, this one and this one and this one. And then he comes to like this final one. And he's like, I think this is the best one yet. And she's like, plug that in. I want to see it. 
And he was like, oh, no, 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 I have a problem with it. It keeps shorting out. And so then she's like, I'm so hot. Can you get me some water? Or no, she get, he gets her she water just, and she dumps it on herself. That's yeah. it. And, and she's like, oh, I need, can you get a, a, a towel from the men's room and wipe me off? And so, of course, he's like, oh, you know, heaven, nerd heaven, and run, you know, scurries off. And then she, like, swaps the labels on mm -hmm. the different prototypes. And when she did that, I was kind of like, what? And then I understood where we were going once we got into the next scene. Thank you for explaining it to me. Okay. Um, and then the next scene is when he does the actual glove presentation to the investors, right? Yes. So they, I want to say they take a volunteer from the round table, but they really like assign a volunteer to like force himself to test the glove on. And of course it's the faulty prototype. So it shocks him instead of working. Um, yeah, it shocks him. It looks like he's in the electric chair the way he's I know, it looks, bouncing it looks around. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> and and so basically now like the, the pharmaceutical dude was like, get out, get out, you and your faulty whatevers. Um, and, and that's when I guess, um, Jennifer convinces Michael that now no pharmaceutical company is going to have them and they might as well just make it themselves. Yeah. She, he fires Mosley, the Willie Garson doctor, and she's like, and now you're going to have to do some groveling because this is bad and this is what you're going to have to do to keep it moving. It's your only option, right? Yes, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't love this story. I'm telling you that now. I mean, honestly, though, I really, really like Jennifer as Michael's foil. Like, like they have that same. I, I just really like that they gave him the sister that he can have this back and forth with because usually he does it with a love interest. And frankly, that's been getting kind of old, you know. Um, and so this is kind of replacing that banter that he had back and forth with Sid back when they mm -hmm. were together. Because remember, after they split them up, they like literally split them up and we rarely saw them together. Well, we had some good times of them in between get togethers when they were plotting, when they were conspiring. And that was right. fun. Right. And then when the romance or the one sided romance stuff would creep back in, we would lose that. We would lose right. the fun part of it. Um, and then you're right for the last year, as, at, at least, um, when they were not together, we never saw them together again. Right. And so this is nice because now we ha we can have that sort of relationship without that without the baggage of of this of the you know the sexual relationship going. And also the baggage on. of and how long before Michael wrongs her. Right, right. And so you basically see and, you know, so I actually really love when Michael and Jennifer are together. I really love the dynamic. And so that that's something that just that's one of the things that's really sort of like, you know, keeping me going, um, because I just think that that dynamic is so fantastic and I'm totally there for it. And I think that it works really, really well. Uh, between I think the two I should clarify what I'm thinking here, which okay. is. I like the Jennifer Michael stuff. I think that's fun. I think they're great together for all of the reasons that you just articulated so well. I think I don't really like the Jennifer Craig stuff I because I don't Jennifer think it Craig came stuff. together organically. Yeah. And I don't really, I don't really know where there is for this to go. And I also think specifically in this episode, I was just too stupid to understand uh, what Jennifer was conspiring to do 
with Michael for Craig until you explained it. So I really didn't care for that. So that's yeah, the that I like the idea that. of Jennifer and Michael. I don't like the idea of Jennifer and Craig. I yeah. like the sibling stuff. I don't like the romantic stuff, which isn't romantic in the first place. It's just sex right now. And it's not even like they like each other. Um, so that's where I stand on all of that. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I do not like Jennifer and Craig together. It is a relationship that does not make sense. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it just, you know, the two of them together is like, no, 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 no. And, you know, and the fact that, like, you know, she's sort of like, I want to be Mrs. Wealthy Craig, That's it, exactly. you know, yeah. and that and like I get like that that sort of like part of her dynamic, but I don't know. It it just feels like that's not enough for her. You know, as the character, yeah. like it just yeah. doesn't ring true. It just doesn't it it doesn't hit home there. Um, at, like, you know, I kind of feel like if 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 he was like a bank robber and he was gonna like do like some really great jewelry heist and she was like, I want to get in on that, then I could go, yes, that makes sense. But her just wanting to like marry the money doesn't quite make sense to me. I agree. And it doesn't really dovetail with everything we know about her past with Kyle and how upset that left her. Right. Because she wasn't after Kyle for the money. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Like she can be a vixen. She doesn't have to be a gold digger. Exactly. Exactly. And now I just want to put her in a situation where she's in the middle of a heist. What? That, <laughs> that could be fun. Oh my god. That'd be fantastic. All right. Where do we go from here? So we go to uh, the hearing, I guess, to see what uh, how how stuff will be divided assets will be divided between Coop and Lexi. Yeah, the hearing Peter, was very quick. <laughs> yeah, so Peter comes to the hearing and basically, one, two, six, Lexi really gets everything. Yeah. <laughs> Lexi got the whole thing. And, and the judge is like, have a nice day. <laughs> yeah. Judge is like, I'm off to lunch. Yeah. Uh, you know, and Coop is kind of a D-bag. He's like, what favors did your daddy have to call in? And she repeats the thing about how he wronged her because he had the affair, which we know is with Kimberly. Um... And so Coop, I said, I think he voices to Peter that he thinks Michael is a spy and he's the one who really turned over uh, the books. Right. To... Because he was like, who, who, you know, who, one of you, the spy, one of you did this. And Peter was like, well, who's the person that's not here? So it was really Peter kind of throwing Michael under the bus, um, you know, for it all was of Peter. Peter's... It was like Peter allowing Coop to throw Michael in front of the bus. Right. Right. Because because it wasn't like Peter just said, oh, it must have been Michael. It was like Coop went there on his own. And Peter was like, yep, got to go. Bye. Yeah. But Peter was like, I'm the only one who showed up at the hearing. That was yeah. me. Who's yeah. the one that's not yes, here. That's, that's that. Michael. You know, and so and so he was kind of like, I think you might want to look at who's not in the room yeah. um, because I showed up to support you and Michael did not. Which is true. And then Michael finds Coop in his office. But Coop has already moved beyond the fact that he thinks Michael betrayed him and, and caused him to fork over everything to Lexi. He's now seen the design for this cauterizing glove. Um, and starts lecturing Michael and then ends up being... I see you, you're an opportunist, and I like that about you. Yeah, that was really weird. And the other thing that sort of struck me is, remember when the, this idea for this glove first came up and he Coop dropped it on Michael? And I said to you, I said, oh, is he setting Michael is up for something? And he wasn't. <laughs> no, and it still backfired. But it became a completely different plot. <laughs> 
Because I told, like, the way he did it, it was like, it. I was like, ooh, they're setting this up. He set up Michael. This is a thing right. that's not going to work. Right, he's planting a seed. It's a spoil. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah. yeah, he's going to do something that's going to, like, he's going to send Michael on this goose chase, and it's going to and it's gonna embarrass him, and it's going to be great. No, it was actually a real thing that he wanted to have invented. <laughs> yep. Hard to keep tabs on these guys and their ploys sometimes. I know. I know. I wish it had been the other thing, though. I know. I know. <laughs> Would have been a more direct line with him coming to town trying to ruin Michael. Speaking I know. Of, we get a return visit from Marion Shaw, Kimberly's mom. Which means um, the photos were out in full force. But I don't know if you noticed this time on Marion's mantle, we have five, not four framed photos of Kimberly. And I think they're all new. I think they're all different because the big glamour shot that we loved where she had like her arms crossed over her chest and like the hands like above yeah, her. Yeah, that was gone. We found. And like the candid photo of her like turning around in her white lab coat and stethoscope at the hospital, I think has also been replaced. I think they were all new. So uh, that was interesting. And I think like more interesting than the conversation between Coop and Mrs. Shaw because like, it's just more, like, mustache twirling without really laying the groundwork for, for much. He, you know, he's, like, when I'm threatening about Michael, like, when I'm done with him, there'll be no more practice for him. He'll be left with nothing, you know, and Marion's, like, I'll be in touch. Um, and so before we get to more of that, there is a scene where Lexi comes to Peter and says that she's moving back to Cleveland and he's like, how could you do this? Um, and so he's like, did you just use me? And she's like, no, but my family is there. My home is there. You know, I didn't come here to like, you know, plant new roots. Um, so it looks like Lexi is going back, but just hold that thought. Um, and then we have uh, Marion Shaw has also come to LA um, and she sees or Coop spots her in the hospital parking lot and he tells her to turn around and go back home. Um, and before we get to the final scene, I want to pause so that you can talk about what you brought up at the beginning, which is Peter's stairs. Oh yeah. And then we forgot about that. Okay. So, so like the first thing I noticed, like with Lexi, with that opener where the, or where after, after, um, after Coop leaves Peter's uh, apartment um, and Lexi comes in and they, I don't know, they say a thing to one another or whatever. And then they start making out and they sort of like, and then it looks like they're going to have sex on the stairs. Remember that was going on with Taylor too. That happened with Taylor. Yeah. So I was just kind of like, I wondered if they gave him stairs just so that they could keep having sex on the stairs. Oh, interesting. And I was like, Oh my God, Peter stairs get an awful lot of action. They do. I wonder if he cleans them. Because it's like it's like they're never like on the couch or the like. No, it's no all, because in the bed. It's at the stairs. Because it, the Taylor thing was at some point they had to be doing it on the stairs so Amanda could see them, right? Right, and now it's like the default spot is like the stairs. It's, it's too far to go upstairs. Yeah, so we're just gonna collapse on the stairs. Gotcha. Um, I just wanted to point that out because I was like, wow, those stairs see a lot of action. I uh, I just want to take a moment to say I really wasn't sure if you meant Peter's stairs, S-T-A-I-R-S, or 
Jack Wagner's looks, like Peter's stairs, S-T-A-R-E-S. Oh, so, yeah. so mystery solved. And you're right, those stairs do get a lot of action. Yeah, so anyway. Um, okay, so last scene, Lexi comes to Melrose Place before she leaves town. She knocks on Coop's apartment door, which, remember, was Matt's apartment door. Uh, she wants him to cut her the first check since now he is he owes her all this um and he's like all right but you're gonna wait outside because at first i was like why has she come here is she gonna see him up to something in the apartment no that's not it but everyone else now comes out so <laughs> what is it billy sam and craig come out of billy's apartment or is it billy sam and michael i can't remember it was billy michael and craig yeah Oh, it's the three men. Yeah, it was the three men. Yeah. And they're talking about, like, I don't know, I guess Amanda is going to do the advertising for the glove. Yeah, as a client. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Which is, like, something we probably could have used an extra scene to set up, but fine. Especially Um, considering Craig is the invest, like, he's, like, the part owner of this company. And Amanda, like, is the reason why he lost his business. And now, is she the only game in town? Is that yeah, why well, she and does also, so well? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe that's all we have for advertising in all of Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, and Megan has been doing her laundry, so she's walking back to her apartment with laundry. Um, and the so the bulk of our tenants, who are not Amanda, Kyle, and Taylor, I guess, are now out in the courtyard, and Peter comes racing into uh, the complex because he found out that that's where Lexi was. Uh, and he's coming to proclaim his love. And at that point, Coop opens the door um, and sees that Peter shows up and he's like, why are you kissing my ex-wife? And he's like, because I love her. And she's like, and I love him too. And she kisses him back. Um, so it's like all the kids are out in the courtyard and Megan just sort of like laughs at the folly of it all and, and goes back to her apartment. And, and here we are. <laughs> Which is like, this would be a really fun scene if any of these stories were really fun or like kind of more interesting to follow. Yeah, it, it kind of was. It the, the ending felt like we were in a completely different show. The ending is like a Mentos commercial. Which yes, it was. What, like any of the rest of the episode has been. Yeah, it really was. And I sort of like was what like I was scratching my head going this makes no sense in the context of this show. I mean, I would have been, enjo- it, it was, it was kind of great, um, but it didn't belong. No, I mean, the way the show has been going, you end your episode with Eric throwing the bottle of wine at Amanda and threatening to ruin her. Like that's where you go and fade to black. Yeah. Not with this whole, whatever the fuck this was going on. Yeah. So show. I have to be honest. I really hated this episode. And now that we've talked about it a bit, I don't hate it as much. I think everything about it is kind of weak, but there was like a bit more to it to chew on, I suppose, than uh, I gave it upon my second view in 25 years. So I guess I'm glad we did this. Wow. So you actually had a bit of a mind change about this episode. Yeah. I mean, it's going from like a D to a C, but. but Yeah, but you know, and it's still not season four, five, four. Season four. Four. No, season four is where it really went off the rails. Um, ugh, I'm so torn about what which is, is worse. 
you know, and I can't say that I'm like looking. I, I'm not. I can't say I'm like. I'm like aching to sort of like. Remember last season when I'd be like, oh my god, I can't wait to see what happens next. Yeah, they, that's not happening right now. Like I'm just, and it's not like I'm like, okay, I'm fine. I'll watch it again next week. It'll be fine. You know, it's not like I'm dreading it. Yeah, like I was I'm, season four, but I'm, it's just like it doesn't have that. It doesn't have that that cliffy uh-huh. sort of like, oh my god, I can't wait to see what happens. I got to watch the next thing. Like none of that. Yeah, I'm first of all shocked by how little I can remember that happened from my initial watch of this season. It almost feels like I'm watching it for the first time, not remembering things. Mm. But but I'm also like, I just assume whatever happens next week is going to be more of the same. I'm not like yeah. waiting to see how to see how things play out. Yeah, I mean, every episode is kind of mushing into the next at this point. Mm. There is nothing that's really standing out. Yeah. So so take that encouragement on, kids. We're yeah. gonna go to the block now. Yeah. Where I have some things that I uh well I have some things I am I think passionate about in oh. ways that maybe are not all positive but make for conversation. So okay. that's your tease. All right. So We're meet us on over there. Twenty twenty one style on the boulevard. So we will see you there. Happy Memorial Day. Play safe and uh, we'll see you next week back on the block. <laughs>